Hello and welcome to HR Bites. HR Bites is a podcast and video series to bring you stories of HR professionals who bring a think globally and act locally digital HR agenda to their work. Everyday people who are driving digital transformations in their organizations, data-driven and future-fit digital HR leaders. We are available on all your favorite podcast channels and you can also watch us on YouTube. Please do follow us on social. We are on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Today's guest is Min Hua. Min has been an HR leader for over two decades, and we're so happy to have you join us today, Min. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm very excited to be here. And I, I, Jay, I have to say I love what you're doing, spreading knowledge, just spreading practices. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Absolutely. Would you like to say a, a, a few words about how you uh, came upon the field of HR and, and what you love doing in the field of HR today? Yeah, great question. So uh, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't grow up thinking I wanted to be an HR person. Uh, I fell into it because coming out of college, I wanted to like uh, get involved in a community. So I, was, uh, I joined a not-for-profit organization and my mission was to uh, provide workforce training, skills training uh, to the underprivileged. Uh, so that's how I kind of just fell into HR. It was never a master plan, but what I, what I, the reason why I stayed is because I love helping individuals and teams be successful. So that's why I'm still here. Wonderful. That's a great way to start uh, your career in HR. So Min, in today's world of work and today's world of HR in July of 2022, what are the technology challenges that you think are foremost on HR leaders' um, agendas today? Yeah, so I think there's, a, there's two types. It, it depends on the company. There's two types of companies. And, and the first group, which is the largest group, it's really about cost efficiency and scaling. Uh, if you're in a company that's doing well, growing fast, how do you scale so that your, your cost uh, per dollar revenue or per headcount doesn't grow uh, directly co uh, correlated to your revenue? Uh, so how do you grow in a nonlinear way? Uh, and so that's about efficiencies. Uh, that's about looking at the roles of the HR business partner and looking at how technology can make things more efficient. Uh, so that's the first grouping. Uh, and there's nothing inherently wrong with it. It is kind of what it is. Uh, the second grouping, a much smaller group, are companies who truly see the value of human capital. And so instead of asking, how do we do the same thing but cheaper? This group is asking, how do we unlock more value from our human capital? So what does that mean specifically? Uh, a few examples. Is there a way for us to predict voluntary attrition before it happens? By almost by definition, uh, attrition plans are reactive. But if you can predict the hot spots uh, and then better understand why people move, you can maybe do something about proactively. And there's a lot of value for the humans, uh, for the teams, and for shareholders when you do that. Another example is uh, how, how do we improve collaborations and innovation in a remote hybrid environment? That's unlocking value in human capital. So that's that's what uh, a lot of C-suite executives are thinking about right now. 
And that's a great segue into my next question. You know, HR teams have been grappling with creating that connectivity, that engagement, and making sure that everyone um, has that equal sense of belonging in the organization. Um, How do you think technology has has helped foster those connections? And how do you think our social capital as HR leaders has helped us foster technology within the organization? Um, I I don't know that I would give my profession. And again, this is my only profession. So as I say this, I say this with uh, an affection of someone that's been at his entire career. I don't know that I give us a passing grade. I don't know that my profession that I love dearly is great at technology. It's great at choosing technology. And so what we miss, and I'll tell you about the companies that are doing it great, uh, but what by and large most companies and most HR functions are missing is the skill set to understand what technology is doing, to understand, to choose different vendors, to know what, where is the BS and where is the reality. Uh, if you think about AIML, huge. Uh, we lack the skill set to think through data privacy and, and ethics. You know, what is uh, AI ethics? It's a huge one, right? Uh, we also seem to lack the vision and maybe the incentives to say, maybe we should do things differently. Maybe half of our jobs don't need to be done by us humans. Uh, maybe we should play at a different part of the value chain. Uh, so I, I don't know that I give us a high grade, uh, but I see lots of companies uh, trying. The most progressive companies, and I won't call out the good and the bad here, just out of courtesy. Uh, but if you look at the CHRO or CPO's leadership team, if they've got a true tech person on that leadership team, they're serious about it. Someone that's never probably, this is probably their first HR job. They're serious about it, and that's the that's a telltale sign. Great question, Jay. Wonderful, and thank you for those insights. Um, so you know, we've all grappled and muddled along for the past two years, and and trying to make sense of all the technology that's being thrown at us, as well as all the real world challenges uh, that come with all of the you know technology that we are trying to adopt in the midst of a pandemic. How do you think HR teams have handled the mindset of just buying every shiny new object in, uh, in our field? And as you just said, it's, it's a pretty tough challenge right now for us to you know, pick that really uh, nice, do-good platform that will probably solve all our problems. Is there one out there? I don't know, but how do we go about handling that mindset? That's a, that's a very astute question. And I, I'm thinking about writing an article just on this, but I, I think the problem is a little worse. So it's not really HR just buying everything because most HR teams don't have that big of a budget, a discretionary budget, because it's a cost center, right? Uh, it's actually the problem's a little worse because HR teams with that limited budget that falls on the expense side of the PL um, is buying the wrong things sometimes. Uh, and I, I think what's happening is that too often we uh, we are choosing people we like on the sales team. Too often we're listening and taking the sales demo at face. Where I would encourage all HR teams that have a 
influence, whether it's a purchase committee, investment committee, or just a, 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 a kind of informal team to, to, to say, hey, we will take what the sales team gives us and we'll call that level zero, okay? And we're gonna go no, we're gonna go at least three levels below that to find it out. So for example, Jay, if I come to you and I say, hey, I've got, I'm, I'm with a recruiting company, I use AIML uh, to help you find the best talent. You should be polite, but you should eventually ask me, uh, tell me more about your algorithm. How's your algorithm been tested? What's the false positive, false negative? How do you think about bias in your algo? Okay, and then how does it work uh, in the US where the laws and the sensitivity around DEI is different than let's call it uh, India, right? That's what I mean by at least three levels. Love to get to five, but at least three. Hopefully that helps, Jay. Absolutely, it does. And it makes a huge difference in who you adopt, um, you know, as the technology of choice within your organization today, more so than ever before. Um, so in this increased remote and hybrid work uh, environment, how do you think, you know, HR can play a role in generating and incubating innovative ideas and also scaling them up, especially for our HR function? You know, great question. I think it's, um, I'm afraid to start with one because HR people tend to gravitate towards this and does, don't really do much about it. I think org design, have we designed our teams in a way that creates the most uh, intersections that we need, that is fast, efficient. And so when you think about uh, two pizza teams or microservices, that's the org design. Now, a lot of HR folks, don't, when, you, when, you, when you hear org design, they're thinking about corporate you know, divisions, right? I don't know, that, that, there, there's not a clear evidence, but you go, it's six and one half dozen another. What matters is org design at the team level. So I start there. And then, and then the second thing is investing the time and training dollars and helping leaders lead across distances, physical distance and time zones. Uh, unfortunately, the incentives of the HR profession is so, is so that we tend to focus our, our attention on macro issues and senior people. We need to tilt, we, we badly need to tilt towards frontline managers and how the real world behaves deliver that the training, the practice, the encouragement, the coaching, so that managers can be the best that they can. That is the single largest lever we have for the employee experience. So design of teams and, and edu uh, you know, helping managers do well. Absolutely. Um, I was attending the SHRM technology conference recently, and one of the biggest takeaways from that was how do we create better workplaces and better managers in order to foster those better workplaces, right? Because they are the key to better workplaces. Yeah. Um, so Min, you've worked across the globe, and you've obviously used a lot of HR data and metrics in your uh, you know, work. How do you think we as HR professionals should be approaching HR data and metrics in this now of work? 
Yeah, that's great. And I love that how you call it the now work. Um, I, I did a presentation to uh, a group of early career HR folks recently. Um, and and one of my key messages is that the, the presentation was called Data-Driven Empathy. Data-Driven Empathy. And in one of the pages I had, my message was essentially, you know, it doesn't matter if you like statistics or you don't understand it and you're afraid of numbers, you are data-driven. It's just a different type of data. So what are the different types of data, right? It's quant numbers. It's uh, field observation slash anecdotes, super important. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, I, I would say kind of a other bucket that's really more in the kind of the predictive realm, okay? That kind of that machine learning type stuff. Uh, everyone, that, most everyone I, in, in the, peop the people that I meet are smart enough, educated enough. So it's not about you being data-driven because Jay, if I come to you and I say, hey, you gotta be more data-driven, it sounds like, if you're not already data-driven in the classical sense, it sounds scary, that doesn't do you any good. What I need to tell you, Jay, is that you are data-driven. I just want you to have a little more diversity in your data. So if you're a, if you had a master's degree in statistics, uh, you more likely than not uh, spend a lot of time doing desktop analysis and you form your judgments through reading studies and, and looking at numbers, I probably want you to go diversify your data and get out and speak to people. Flip that words, probably the majority of HR business partners, uh, they get their data through conversations, which is super important, you can't replace that. I'd like them to do a little more on an analytics. So it's about diversifying your data. Wonderful. That's a great insight. The, the field side of things, right? Really, really yeah. important today. Um, so that's a great segue into my last question uh, for you. Uh, the serious side of the questions, that is. We do have a fun question connection round after sure. this. Um, how do you think HR professionals should be approaching their work today when it comes to all the different changes that we have to grapple with? What's one piece of advice you have for HR professionals who are looking to adopt or learn new technology. We spoke about bad behaviors during a digital transformation. If you could start with that, that'd be great. Uh, so, uh, oh, a lot to unpack there. So the question is um, advice for HR leaders as the, the organization goes through digital transformation. Absolutely, yes. Uh, I think it's, uh, number one, I would say, Always start with your values. Uh, be very clear-minded about your North Star. Um, second is read the tea leaves. Is this truly a digital transformation or is it not? 70% uh, of digital transformations fail. I would argue that nearly half, if not of slightly over half of digital transformations are more posters than substantive reality. Uh, and you've got to really, really read that because that tells you where to spend your time. And if it's a true digital transformation, then the biggest and most important isn't the technology. I see, uh, more CIOs tell me it's not the technology than anyone else. CIOs will say it's not the technology. It's shaping the human behaviors. It's 
breaking old habits, forming new ones. Guess what? I think HR has a role to play in that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that's uh, that's the way I want HR to look at digital transformation, not, oh, scary technology things that the CIO and the CTO will take care of. That is absolutely the case. Yeah. Wonderful advice. Thank you for that. So this is the funner part of our conversation where our viewers get to learn a little bit more about you. It's called our question connection rapid fire round. And we have theme music for this round as well. So are you ready? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Who is one person you've gained in your network in the field of HR technology that you think more people should listen to and learn from? You know, I uh, just off the top of my head, I, I really like Mark, Dr. Mark Mayberry and Dr. Mukesh Dalal. Mukesh is the uh, chief AI officer for Stanley Black & Decker, a uh, guy I've learned a lot from. And, and Dark, Mark Mayberry uh, was recently the chief technology officer. Really smart people. Wonderful. And I'll link their account in the show notes if they have a LinkedIn uh, profile for our audience. Um, do you have a favorite HR podcast or an HR book that you think that's related to HR technology that you think we should all be listening to or reading? You know, I, I, uh, I, I don't read a lot of HR books. Um, and I don't actually have a degree in HR. Uh, so it's a secret. Don't tell, don't tell your listeners. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> So I would I would recommend these three books. It's uh, Think Fast, Think Slow. Okay. Uh, the 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 writer won uh, the Nobel Prize in Economics. Uh, I would say it's uh, How Good People Make Tough Choices. Uh, it's by Rush Kidder, and it talks about ethics in uh, in the modern days, but very practical advice. And then I would say it's The Innovator's Dilemma. Uh, it's a classic, uh, but it, it that's great business acumen uh, for our times. Wonderful. Thank you. And I'll link those in the show notes as well. Um, If there is a LinkedIn learning or e-learning webinar series for HR technology, uh, if you can't think of that off the top of your head right now, you can send it to me and I will put it in the show notes. But is there one that you can think of off the top? I think I'll listen to your podcast, Jay. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I haven't done a lot of episodes, but I hope I'm, you know, sharing quality information with yeah. the limited number of episodes that we release. And no, but seriously, I don't do a lot of LinkedIn learning or things like that, just because I learn best by reading versus hearing. Wonderful. That's, that's a great way to learn as well. Um, given the upheaval of all things work in the past two years, uh, what's one workplace trend that you think is here to stay? Um, I think remote work is here to stay. It's going to be an ebb and flow. But if you think, listen, over the next 10 years, it's going to, it's going to be slightly in season, slightly off season, right? It's going to ebb and flow a little bit, but the trend line, it's, it's going to be much great. It'll continue to be much greater than 2019. The, the long time horizon, let's call it 2050, 2080, you know, population's increasing, land mass isn't. Uh, the structural things, the re- the reality of this world uh, will dictate that remote work continues. You can't break the law of physics. 
Absolutely. And I see that happening more on the Asia side of the world. Um, you know, their remote work is definitely going to stay because of the, the structural and infrastructural challenges we have uh, due to the increase in population. I, I don't see that as much in the US. I have two offices in my house, <laughs> one for <laughs> recreational stuff, one for recording my podcast. So I'm not challenged for space as much. But you know, there are places, even pockets in the US that have those challenges, like New York, for example. Uh, I know my friend has, you know, who lives in New York has a lot of those challenges. So that's a great, that's very insightful. Thank you for sharing that. And, oh, and, and Jay, I'll, I'll give you and your audience one prediction. Right now, uh, remote work is like the employee benefit du jour, right? Uh, do I have to go in the office? Do I have to go in the office? Please don't make me go to the office every day. That's the, that's kind of the du jour. By 2030, it will not be uncommon for recruiters to say, Jay, if you come work for us, uh, we'll get you a WeWork office near your home. Where the ability to access the office becomes a popular way to recruit employees. That's my prediction, 2030. All right. Hope I'm alive in 2030 and I can record another <laughs> session with you by then. <laughs> Um, and how do you like giving back to the HR community? I know you do a lot of this work, you know, you help out podcasts like mine. How else do you like to give back to the HR community? You know, I do a lot of mentoring. I'll take just about every call. Uh, hey, listen, a double digit percentage is, is not a good use of my time, but I'll take the call. Uh, and I, I'm at an age and a point in my life in which it's the least about me it has ever been. And I think it's an amazing feeling. And so I'll give back in any way. I, I, uh, on the personal side, I like to focus on refugees and children. Uh, on the HR side and the business side, I'm a Techstar mentor. I'll, I'll mentor HR people. Uh, I like to write. I like to help people like you, Jay, uh, spread the word. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here, Min. Um, I really appreciate your time. And if our audience would like to connect with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? You know, I think uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'll accept your connection. And if you have questions or need anything, just uh, ask. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. And I really appreciate your insights. I learned a lot. I'm sure our audience has learned a tremendous lot um, about the HR tech world today. Um, and, you know, in the future, if we have any other opportunities to collaborate, I'd love to have you on board as well. So thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you.